0: To worship Him, to meet with Him, to glorify Him, to honor Him, to serve Him, to love Him, now and forever. The one who created you to worship desires to be worshiped in a particular way. God is particular about worship. And we've witnessed this time and time again in our study of Exodus. Remember, God freed his people from slavery, from Egypt. He brought them out of bondage with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He saved them so that they might serve him. Worship. Then he gave them the law. God spoke the Ten Commandments to His people, showing them how He designed them to live, showing them how He desired them to live. Now, this is your story as well. You, too, are in bondage. and Whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, you're in chains to sin, to death. The two powers that are opposed to God, two powers that are enemies of God, two powers that separate you from God, keep you from His presence, keep you from meeting with Him, from serving Him, from worship. But God has brought you out of Egypt, freed you, broken your bonds through Jesus He's conquered sin and death through Jesus, through His death, through the cross, and through His resurrection, through His rising from the grave. In Jesus, God saves you so that you might serve Him. Worship together. And he gives you the law, showing you how he designed you to live, showing you how he desires you to live. And as we saw in our study of the Ten Commandments, the first four are about worship. The first four commands are about worshiping the right God in the right way. Now, after the Lord gave the law, he gave Moses instructions for the tabernacle. The tabernacle was God's tent. The tabernacle was the place where God chose to dwell among his people, where God chose to be present in the midst of his people. The tabernacle was the place where God's people could meet with him. Worship. In other words, do what they were created to do. For the past five weeks, we've looked at different aspects of the tabernacle. We saw that God gave instructions for the furniture within, For the Ark of the Covenant, the box that held the Ten Commandments with the mercy seat on top, complete with gold images of cherubim, angelic beings with wings spread out. This was the throne of God. The invisible Lord of hosts sat enthroned above the cherubim. There was also the table, the lamp, the altar, The tabernacle itself divided into the holy place and the most holy place or the holy of holies. There was the courtyard around the tabernacle. There were the priestly garments. The Lord described it all to Moses, described the details and the dimensions and the design and the materials and the components. Five long chapters in Exodus, five overwhelming chapters in Exodus. Perhaps it was overwhelming to Moses. And after all, Moses was leading God's people. God was giving the instructions to him. Was he supposed to be in charge of construction? Was he supposed to know the ins and outs of of carpentry and metallurgy and weaving and dyeing and stone cutting and casting and sewing? Well, the Lord answers that in Exodus 31. And if you listen closely to the first part of the chapter, you can hear a great sigh of relief in the background. Moses' great sigh of relief. And here's why God tells Moses that he has called someone, set someone apart to create the tabernacle, to oversee the work of the tabernacle and the furniture within the tabernacle. A man named Bezalel. The name Bezalel means in the shadow of God. He was the son of Uri, the son of Hur from the tribe of Judah. Now, Hur is mentioned a few times in Exodus and always with Aaron, always with Moses' brother, the, the, the high priest. Well, Bezalel was not only called, but he was also inspired, inspired in the true sense of the word, breathed in. Bezalel was filled with the spirit of God. God breathed his spirit in him. Now, this is the first time that the Bible, in the Bible, that this language is used of someone being filled with the spirit. Now, interestingly, it wasn't used for Abraham. It wasn't used for Moses. It wasn't used for Aaron or or Joshua, but used for Bezalel. And here's why. Bezalel was a craftsman, an artist, an artisan skilled with his hand, his eye, his imagination. And like all artists, he had the amazing ability to move images, designs from his eye or his mind to his hands, his fingers, and create fashion, form, what he saw, what he thought, and to do so in a number of mediums, metal, wood, stone. We might call him a Renaissance man. These gifts came from God, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit present at creation, the same Spirit that hovered over the waters in the beginning when the earth was without form and void as God was about to order and fill it. Now listen again to part of our passage about Bezalel from verse 2, Exodus 31, verse 2. And I filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. The Lord had given Bezalel ability and intelligence. And the, the word ability can also mean wisdom. The Lord filled him with wisdom, knowledge, to order, to create. Now, these, these gifts are similar to a passage from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 through 20 describes how the Lord created. Listen to those two verses, Proverbs 3, 19 through 20. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open. The Lord created all things the heavens and the earth and everything in them. Proverb tells us through wisdom, understanding, knowledge the same qualities that he gifted to Bezalel to create the tabernacle. And he didn't have to do it alone. God also called Aholiab of the tribe of Dan to work with Bezalel, alongside Bezalel. And together, they would lead other artists, other craftsmen, other artisans, equipped by God, gifted by God, to construct the tent of God, the place of meeting, the place of worship. Well, like Moses, you're not alone. Through Jesus, you are part of the people of God, the church. You're part of the body of Christ. You're a member or a part of the body. And just like Bezalel, just like Ahulia, God calls and God equips his people, you, in different ways, with different gifts, for different functions, for different purposes. Listen, listen to part of our New Testament reading again from Romans 12. Paul writes this in Romans 12. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not have the same function. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Well, as different members, you each have different gifts. You each have unique gifts gifts inspired gifts given by God breathed into you by the holy spirit for different functions for the body for the church so so that the body can work properly so that the church can worship and disciple and serve which means this you don't have to do it all You can't do it all. You should not expect that you would be able to do it all. Moses was called to lead. Moses was called to speak God's word. Moses could not cut precious stones and set them in gold. Moses could not stitch cherubim on the curtains of the tabernacle. Moses could not fashion wood into a box and cover it with gold. But Bezalel could. A holy I could. I'm, I'm, I'm called to preach, teach, baptize. I, I can't sing in the choir. I can't create beautiful flower arrangements. There, there are other members of the body, you, gifted by God to do that. Now, on on my good days, I think I have the gift of leadership, but I can't lead every committee. I can't lead every mission trip. I can't lead every service opportunity. I can't lead every class, even though on my bad days I might like to. There are other members of the body, you, gifted by God to do that. Now, maybe you aren't gifted to teach, but maybe you can serve and love on babies in the nursery. Maybe you're not gifted to serve our youth through, through playing paintball on a Saturday afternoon, but you can call and check on church members you haven't seen in a while. You can pray for them. You can take them a meal. Maybe you can't go on a mission trip to Kenya next summer, but you could give toward the trip, or, or maybe you could serve at one of our local missions. God equips the body with every gift it needs to function, to worship, to disciple children and youth and adults, to serve one another, to serve our city, to serve the world. All are needed. And just in case some members start to think that their gifts are better than others, Paul writes this in verse 3 of Romans 12. Paul writes, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I mean, we we have nothing. We are nothing without God's grace, without his gifts. How has God gifted you? How has God uniquely gifted you? What are your gifts? Well, Paul offers some broad categories in our Romans passage. Service. Or ministering to others. This this comes from a Greek word that means waiting on tables, which is where where we get our word deacon. But here it's used in a general sense. Service as in caring for others physically and spiritually and emotionally. Also mentions teaching, exhortation, which, which means encouragement, strong encouragement. And it could also be translated comforter, leadership, generosity out of your abundance, you provide for needs, mercy serving those in need. And, and there are others. There are other gifts. This isn't an exhaustive list. Do you know your gifts? Well, once you know them, you have to use them. On the one hand, you can't do everything, but on the other, you can do something. God has given you gifts. Abilities, passions, no matter your age, no no matter your stage in life. Paul writes this in verse six of our Romans passage. Paul writes, let us use them. Let us use them. Are you using your gifts? If you'd like to know how you can use them here in this body at Covenant, we have a ministry opportunity page on our website. Just just look for the heading serve. And if there's a ministry that you're gifted to do not on our list that you would like to start, let me know. Let us use them. Like Bezalel, like a Aholiab. Use them, but not out of guilt. Not out of duty, but use the gifts that God gives you out of joy. Joy because of the gift giver. Serving the gift giver all to bring glory to the gift giver. And when that happens, when you do that, using your gift becomes an act of worship, which is exactly what you were created to do now and forever. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi.